Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday morning edition of Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. You know, there are times when someone will reach out to me and say, great show, great organizations. I've never even heard of them before. That's exactly why we do this show. We give a voice to our nonprofit sector, give them an opportunity to share what they do and how they're making a difference in the community. And our hope is that our listeners will become familiar with all these different nonprofits, that uh, they'll find one that speaks to their passion, their skills, their talents, and then they'll be encouraged to get involved in some way so they too can make a difference. I'm going to start today's show with a trivia question. Okay, so all you trivia enthusiasts, are you ready? What does the word Michigami mean? Michigami. If you live or work downtown or you just cruise the lakefront in the summer, you may be familiar with Michigami and our topic of discussion today. Or maybe you've seen some of the things that we're going to be talking about but had absolutely no idea behind the history. So what does Michigami mean? The word is a Native American word for big lake, and it's how Lake Michigan got its name. Lake Michigan is the second largest Great Lake by volume and the third largest by area surface. It spans 321 miles north to south. It's a little over 22,000 square miles. It's about 925 feet deep. And it's the only lake that's located entirely within the United States. And interestingly enough, it's also known as the most dangerous Great Lake because of riptides which is interesting because I would think Lake Superior would be the most dangerous given the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. But interesting, we're going to learn more about that. I read in an article that the article referred to our Milwaukee lakefront as a priceless natural resource and was affectionately called Milwaukee's front door to the world. Wow, what a great description. Today, we're going to focus on a specific piece of the front door to the world as it relates to maritime, what took place on our waters, and how did it make an impact in our city. Joining me today to talk about some maritime history is Bill Nimke, Executive Director and Founder of All Hands Boatworks, and Mark Keene, who is the board president. So welcome to the show today, Bill and Mark. Thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting us. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. So in doing research, I learned some interesting things. Um, The lakeshore was inhabited way back when, primarily by indigenous people whose way of life was based around water and fishing. No surprise there, right? And by the 1830s, Lake Michigan provided Wisconsin with its first commercial enterprise, which was fishing, although I would think fur trading somewhere, too. But uh, why don't you guys give us some history? Give us more history about our Great Lake. Well, start off by saying that uh, I'm going to be talking about the maritime history of Great Lakes and and, uh, lighthouses and things. But before lighthouses, long before boats began bringing European explorers to the Great Lakes, as you said, there was a maritime heritage that existed here uh, with the abundance of lakes and rivers. This region was home for many indigenous nations who built canoes, canoes and dugouts to, to, to harvest rice 
uh, to fish and to navigate the waterways. So from its beginnings as a fur trading outpost, Milwaukee has played a major part in the shipping industry in the Great Lakes. Uh, again, we have three rivers running into it, the Milwaukee, the Menominee, and the Kinnikinnick. And we have what, the largest protected harbor on the western uh, side of the Great Lakes. It's about three miles deep and about seven miles across. Um, shipping made invaluable contributions to the development of the 19th century Wisconsin, bringing people, goods, and other products to, to the frontier. The first ship built in Milwaukee was the Winona, which was built in 1836. We had a lot of resources here for shipbuilding in, in, uh, in Milwaukee and uh, the Great Lakes. We had the timber, um, and we had, the, again, the protected bays, the deep uh, waterways, so we could uh, start uh, building, building ships uh, at an earlier time, back in the 18, late 18, mid-1830s. Uh, within a few years, the shipping also made it possible to export Wisconsin's rich lumber, grain, and other resources. We're the largest exporter of grain of wheat in the world for almost 40 years. Uh, we started out by being one of the largest exporters of lead. Uh, they were bringing the lead, mining the lead in La Crosse and bringing it through the waterways to Milwaukee's port. Fishing boats, lighters, scows that, that all transferred the lumber from shore to sailing to scaling schooners were the first types of boats built in, in commercial shipyards in Wisconsin and in Milwaukee. Milwaukee had the largest shipyard on the Great Lakes at one time, the Wolf and Davison Shipyard, which is located right across uh, just north of what is now Jones Island. Wisconsin's eastern shoreline, again, offered two, more, two very important assets, uh, protective lakefront harbors and abundant timber resources. So with the protected harbor, Milwaukee's shipping flourished, which led to navigation aids. The ships had to really navigate themselves into the ports of Milwaukee. That's why lighthouses were started showing up. Uh, the first lighthouse in Milwaukee was built in 1836 and was located at the end of what is now Wisconsin Avenue, but it was built in the wrong spot. Uh, the mariners couldn't see it coming from the north. So in 1850s, they relocated to North Point, uh, the northernmost point of the bay in Milwaukee. Built the, the first lighthouse on North Point was built in 1855, but it too was built in the wrong spot. It was built too close to the uh, shoreline. So by the 1880s, the, the bluff had eroded to the point where they had to move the lighthouse. So in 1888, they built the lighthouse that's there now in Lake Park, the North Point Lighthouse. And isn't that a museum now, Mark? Yes, it is. It became a museum in uh, 2007. Um, it was a functioning lighthouse until 19, the late 1990s or mid-1990s. Then it was uh, the Coast Guard closed it because uh, there was no need for lighthouses. Uh, with GPS on the RAN, lighthouses became extinct, sort of. So they closed it down. It stood abandoned until about 2003 when a group called the North Point Lighthouse Friends raised the funds to restore the lighthouse and opened it up as a museum in 2007. And it's a wonderful uh, facility. Uh, the, the original, the last Fresnel lens is in the house with a lot of other unique artifacts about the maritime history of Milwaukee and lighthouses and uh, about our keepers, the first keeper being a woman uh, from in 1888, uh, our longest serving keeper, which is a wonderful story. Her name was Georgia Stebbins. So um, the lighthouse is open, well, is, is open for vi uh, visitors. They can climb the tower, which is just a wonderful thing to do. Uh, you can get a great view of Michigani. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a wonderful spot and it's a, it's a landmark and in a Frederick Olmsted design park. So it's a, it's a wonderful piece of uh, property. And uh, I encourage people to come and see it. Even from the outside, it's still nice. Okay. I know there are people that seek out lighthouses around the state. And so 
we want to make sure that people understand we have one right here in Milwaukee that's worth checking out. So we have two of them, well, three of them, really, the breakwater light, which is out on the harbor. And then there's the pierhead light, the red one that's located on the south end of Summerfest and, and, and North Point. So, yeah, we have, there's three lighthouses. So, and yes, there's a lot of lighthouse uh, groupies out there. So come down to the Milwaukee Lakefront or Michigami and, and check it out. Bill, you shared a quote with me from attorney Louis Neiser, who said, a man who works with his hands is a laborer. A man who works with his hands and his brain is a craftsman. But a man who works with his hands and his brain and his heart is an artist. And I think we can all think of people that we know that can be classified as a true artist. I think of my my brother, Brett, who is smart, creative, and talented. I think he falls in that category. I'm sure, again, many of you have uh, your own people that come to mind. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we return, we're going to learn more about Bill and Mark and why they might be classified as true artists, as defined by Mr. Neiser's quote. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Bill Nimke, Executive Director and Founder of All Hands Boatworks, and Mark Keene, who is the Board President. Okay, you guys, we, we know that you obviously have a love of maritime, nautical-related things, especially boats. Did you two meet because of your love of boats? Uh, yes, we did. As a matter of fact, I was, uh, I'm a big maritime history buff, uh, boat lover, model builder, boat model builder. And I, was, I worked downtown, and I was poking around downtown one day uh, out in St. Paul and off of there, and I, I drove past this boat yard with all these rowboats in it. And I stopped because I love wooden rowboats. And I stopped and I got out and started poking around the boat yard. And I ran into Bill and I introduced myself. And I said, gosh, this is great. You know, I didn't, didn't know you guys were here. And, you know, one thing led to another. And Bill invited me to uh, join the board of directors. Uh, this was about three or four years ago. And uh, uh, it's been, the rest is history, I guess you could say it. It's yeah, been, yeah, yeah. The rest is history, as they say. Yeah, it's just great. It's just, you know, that the fact that I that I didn't know that they were down here, down in Milwaukee and there was something going on like that. Uh, and my love for wooden boats, uh, it goes back in my family history. My great uncle was a, a wooden boat builder. So uh, it just it's a perfect it's a perfect fit. It was a perfect fit is right. Bill, why don't you start by telling us why you started the nonprofit in the first place? Sure. Happy to do so. Well, we're we're now in our eighth year. And the short answer to that question is that my background is, is not as a boat builder, not as a carpenter, uh, not as a sailor, uh, but I've been a lifelong educator and teacher. And I've, I've had an opportunity to uh, you know, work with kids in many different situations and environments. Uh, and, and I just discovered that bringing together a group of young people and taking a pile of lumber and glue and fasteners and beginning the process of building a boat together is a fantastic teaching tool. Uh, it's, it's an incredible hands-on experience. Uh, and it, 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 I always, I, I like to say that it's endlessly educational. Uh, so it, 
it hits in me again, just uh, you know, like all the right chords in terms of you know working with, educating, uh, empowering uh, uh, young people. So, and so, why boats then, and why kids? Yeah, it, it's so. I mean, it, it's a very interesting combination, isn't it? Uh, to uh, bring kids together and have them undertake what is really a challenging project. Uh, but not an impossible one. And I like that. It, it stretches their abilities. It, it uh, in the process that really changes uh, their expectations of themselves and they discover that they can accomplish a lot more than they thought maybe they could. Um, so, you know, as an organization, we're, we're all about inspiring, engaging, educating youth through the art and the science and craft of building wooden boats. I like the boat building takes us all on a, on a journey, unlike no other hands-on experience, uh, no pun intended, right? We, like I said, uh, where we, where we end up in the process of building a boat is, is sometimes different from where we started, but along the way, we're learning new skills, especially in the areas of math and science, uh, engineering, and even a chance to be creative uh, as we, we decide on a name for the boat and how we're going to paint those boats. Uh, kids discover, and it's a, a, an opportunity to build confidence for, for a number of them. Uh, boat building, again, it uses math in a very practical way, and it's, it's a terrific way to overcome perhaps some fears that a lot of us have about math just in general. Um, I could go on and on. You know, when, when we're building a wooden boat together, it's not something you can do by, by pushing a button or using your thumbs. It doesn't happen overnight. And so in the process, kids learn a lot about perseverance and it tests their patience. And what comes out of it is something that's real and it's functional. And there's always that great day when the boat is launched and they get to row it for the first time. And, dis- and, and you know, the proof is in that, that experience that, wow, this thing we work so hard together to build, it, it floats and it's, <laughs> it's leaking. And, uh, uh, Do you I smash a time. bottle of alcohol against the side of it or something when you name it or <laughs> a diet Coke, a diet Coke, right? Cause kids, yes, you're right. Orange juice, <laughs> milk box. Exactly. I imagine there's a sense of pride uh, big time with these kids that they've accomplished something they've used, as you said, some some basic uh, academic skills, but uh, craftsmanship. You know, we talked about the the quote uh, before the segment that talked about using your brain and your, you know, your your heart. And, you know, it's it's all those pieces go into the making of a true artist. And I imagine that's all part of it, as well as project based learning. It ticks that box, too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely does. Uh, uh, you know, on a cognitive level, on a, on a social emotional level, uh, it, it, it hits all of those um, very effectively. And it's transformational in the, in the process. I, we have now over eight years built well over 100 boats with groups of young people across the city of Milwaukee. And I'm not exaggerating, you know, when I say that there's this almost magical moment that happens somewhere along the construction of their rowboat or sailboat when 
the boat is no longer seen as this project that Bill has brought to them, but that the boat is their project. It becomes their boat. And you can, you can see it and, and they begin speaking of it as their boat and they begin to, and they take very seriously, what, how are we, what are we going to name this boat? And uh, so it's, it never gets tiring to uh, work with them and, and see that happen. I imagine. And then do they get to take their boats other places? I mean, do you stay on Michigami or Lake Michigan, or do you go down rivers? Do you go uh, anywhere else with these boats? Well, we spend most of our time uh, rowing uh, our boats on the rivers. So uh, okay. we're protected. Uh, we have and again, we build boats anywhere from 8, 10 feet in length. Uh, we do have a 22-foot rowing gig under construction. Some of the sailboats that are 14 to 16 feet, we've taken them out into the inner harbor you know, of Milwaukee. Okay, that's, that's exciting. I know when, uh, before I got married, my husband had a 16-foot sailboat down at the, uh, the sailing center downtown. And I'm sorry to tell you guys, sailing's not my thing. <laughs> I need to have a motor on a boat. I don't want to rely on Mother Nature to get someplace, but I know my husband loves loves sailing. Now that's on our cottage up north, so we're kind of protected in a small lake, so we enjoy that. But maybe one of these days we'll get it on a river. Um, Kurt Hahn, who is the founder of Outward Bound, uh, Outward Bound is a provider of experience-based outdoor learning and leadership programs. He said that our youth today suffer from the misery of unimportance. We need to take a a break real quick, but uh, stay tuned because when we return, we're going to learn more about the specific programs All Hands Boatworks offers and how this experience-based learning gives kids a feeling of accomplishment, purpose, and importance. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and today we're talking with Bill Nimke and Mark Keene from All Hands Boatworks. So, Bill, you shared you had an eighth grade participant tell you that this was the hardest and this was the easiest class he had ever had. Why don't you tell us more about uh, your youth program design and how it contributes to helping these kids feel accomplished and important. Sure. I I love what that young man said. Uh, It sticks with me because, you know, it was the boat building project was both challenging and yet he and so many others become so engaged in it uh, and and so focused uh, that the time just flies when, when we're together, you know, and that doesn't mean we do have our struggles in every program and we are, uh, solving problems together along the way, but uh, it's a, that's a great quote. So, so Jill, we have f- five core program areas. We lead and offer uh, in residence boat building projects as well as smaller woodworking programs that we carry out in schools or uh, at the site of a youth organization, uh, such as boys and girls clubs, for example. And those typically are offered to students in grades five through nine. 
those introductory projects. Uh, a boat building project at that level will, will take approximately 30 to 36 hours. That is often how we first meet kids. You know, we meet them uh, at their schools, at their, at their locations. We also have a, an after-school evening program for teens, uh, for 13 to 17-year-olds. Uh, it's called RAFT. It's fully funded. There's no cost to the teens to participate. Uh, they, they come two evenings a week. And it is skill building as well as mentoring. And all of it takes place while we're working as a group on a variety of projects yeah, at, our, at our boat shop. In the summertime, we, we offer week-long day camp programs right in the heart of the city on the Menominee River. We have a small working boat yard, as Mark referred to it, and that's where he first met, met us down there. Um, those are offered a week at a time throughout the summer. And again, uh, for, for young people, uh, say 11 to 15 years of age. Um, we just started this year a new job skills program for older youth, uh, ages 17 to 22, and it is, uh, we've, we've piloted it, and it is a 13-week, again, job skills program with a goal that it will help to prepare th uh, these young people for either uh, looking at an apprenticeship, a registered apprenticeship, or entry-level work after they get graduate from high school. And uh, the fifth area is a new semester-long academic program that we're launching next fall. Uh, it'll be a uh, academic boat building program at our shop. Okay, so those key five areas. Uh, so if there are uh, schools out there, if there's uh, some principals listening or teachers listening or kids that say, hey, this is a great alternative to a woodworking class, you know, get out of the school and go on site. Or as you said, you go there. Uh, the why, you know, that might be another area. Or like you said, the Boys and Girls Club. Um, you want people to know that that you're looking to partner with people to to offer this these programs. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, over the past eight years, we've worked with quite a few schools, and so we're looking to meet many more. It, it's a wonderful experience just to see these, these kids at the boat shop or at the boat yard uh, and the enthusiasm they have and the, the sense of pride. And, and Bill is just a, a wonderful, you know, person to, to have this, you know, it's, it's just a great experience. Again, I, I, I think that there's we have a, in the summertime, we've, we started having what's called an open rowing on Saturdays. Uh, and uh, uh, you can come down and get in a boat and row it. And that's just a wonderful thing. A kid can bring a child down there or, or just another adult, a friend or a husband or a wife, and you row, you get in a boat and you actually row it. And I, I was giving some, I was down there last summer with Bill when we were having people come down to row. And uh, there was a couple in the, in the boat, an elderly couple, and they were kayakers. And uh, they had never been in a rowboat. He said, I don't know how to row a boat. I always row a boat forward. I paddle the boat forward. And here he is rowing a boat, which you go backwards, but he was struggling, but we figured it out. And boy, they had a great time. They just, they just fell in love with the fact the rowing is just something nice. You don't have a motor. You don't have a sail. You, you are powering the boat and you are 
in control. And it's just the, it's the serenity of it. That's the thing that scares me is when (laughs) I'm in control and then the winds hit and I'm like, oh my goodness. What about, um, I was just thinking about this. What about crew groups from universities? You know, they could come down and get a workout in, right? I mean, that seems to be a, uh, a new topic, you know, these, these, uh, Maybe I don't even know if UWM has it. Maybe they don't, but it has. Yeah. I used to be the coxswain on the Milwaukee rowing club years ago. Uh, and uh, those boats are a little different. Those are letters are called sweep boats or skulls. And uh, it's a little different process. I mean, they, they're all modern are now fiberglass, but I, re- I remember rowing in the wooden ones, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we could, if you want to come down for a workout, it's a good workout. You know, it's I imagine, a- I imagine what I think is really cool though, is Bill, you mentioned that, um, like this, this after-school teen mentoring program is available at no cost. So, you know, if, if you're struggling to find some outdoor activity for your child, go check out All Hands Boatworks because you can bring them down and two times a week they can be involved in a, in a teen mentoring program at no, no charge. And for teens that successfully complete uh, a session of our after school program in the, in the shop. And, and each of those sessions is eight weeks long, but those students become eligible for our six week summer intern program. And that, that is a paid internship for young people here in the city. Mm-hmm. And last year we had, we had 10 interns uh, and they helped with our summer camp programs and they helped with community rowing. Uh, and it reminds me once again, we talk about, it's an opportunity for them to gain some responsibility and in a very practical way. Right. And maybe tap into an area of interest that wasn't tapped into before. You know, you guys start started with your love of boats, but maybe there's some kid that really never had exposure to that. And then they can go and check it out. And then they're like, wow, this is really cool. I think I want to pursue this interest. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've had, uh, we meet a lot of kids, of course, who, a lot of kids have apprehensions about the water. They're non-boaters. They're non-swimmers. Um, we respect that, and we we meet them where they are. And what happens more often than not is they uh, we encourage them to try this out. And again, for a lot of them, they discover they really much they enjoy it, and it's empowering for them. One, I imagine. Plus, they, they can, get out into the into nature, and they get outside, and they're doing some physical activity, which is always good. Yes. A lot of these kids have never been on the water, you know, and uh, they've never been in a boat. So this is a new experience for them too. And uh, it's, you know, it really, it really happened. And then what the uh, apprentice program, you know, you're, we're training, we're training teens to, and young adults to get into a trade. I mean, they might not be boat building. They might be get, become a carpenter uh, or work in woodworking or cabinetry. Uh, it gives them an opportunity. I mean, there's the trade business is, is kind of suffering right now because there aren't enough skilled. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we all know uh, skilled trades generally face worker shortages, and there is a struggle to recruit that next generation of trained, skilled tradespeople. And we've been told time and again and that we need to reach young people at an earlier age to to introduce them to, to the many trades that are out there. Uh, so obviously, yeah, we're not in this, uh, we're not going about this to, to train young people to become boat builders, but for some, it does inspire and they, it interests them in exploring 
uh, technical careers. And then you never know the impact that you're going to have. As you said, it can uh, reach somebody in a way that you never even anticipated. And, and then the impact and the, uh, uh, is something that you just didn't expect. And it's, it's wonderful. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break. But when we return, we're going to talk some more about impact and also how you can get involved in this, some of these uh, great programs at All Hands Boatworks. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. And we're finishing up our interview here with Bill Nimke, Executive Director and Founder of All Hands Boatworks, and Mark Keene, who is the Board President. So, guys, what are some other ways that you think All Hands Boatworks makes an impact and benefits our broader Milwaukee community? Well, you know, on a, on a very, on one level, of course, you know, hands-on learning is helping kids academically. Uh, for many of them, it's a, uh, we're connecting with them and, and uh, helping them with a greater understanding of, again, topics in, in math in particular, math and science. So we think of those STEM areas uh, in, in a way perhaps that, uh, that uh, they did, didn't understand previously. Um, I think also we alluded to this before, um, our, the work that our kids are doing through our boat building project for, for some of them, it stirs an interest in, in looking at education, uh, further educational opportunities or career opportunities in the, in the trades. And, you know, there is a need for, for more qualified skilled tradespeople out there, um, I think so. I also believe that socially, uh, it, it's been kids working together, uh, develop cooperative skills, uh, and some of the other just lifelong uh, skills that that would benefit them, regardless of where where their their life takes them. And I think it ha- it's it, the soft skills that you talk about is important. You know, we talk about STEM and you're meeting that area and that's great. And then there's also soft skills that kids need to learn. And that's that creative piece and working with groups and learning to communicate. And, um, you know, those things are all important. Um, and again, just creating an opportunity for these kids to get out and do something that they wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to do. I think, you know, when you started talking to me about the different programs, I thought, gosh, you know, so many of these families probably don't even know that that this opportunity exists. And Mark, you talked about how you just happenstance upon, uh, you know, the boatyard or, you know, meeting up with Bill. And so, again, that's why we do these shows is so that uh, these these nonprofits get an opportunity to share with our community uh, the great things that they're offering. And you guys are certainly certainly offering great things that impact our kids. It impacts our community because you have collaborative partnerships out there with, with schools. Um, You know, we talk about what people can do to get involved. Uh, That's another thing that we like to share on the program. So do you ever welcome volunteers to your program? You know, what, how can they get involved? 
You know, we, we could not do what we do without the, the uh, you know, commitment and the interest and help from, from volunteers. Uh, that goes without, goes without saying. Uh, we have volunteers from, from all walks of life, from different age groups, and we're looking for more help. Uh, the volunteers can assist us as, you know, as volunteer educators, you know, in the projects. Uh, they can help to mentor uh, our young people in the after-school program. Uh, some volunteers uh, like to just come into the shop and help with behind the scenes, as I, as I like to say, in preparing uh, material that's, that's going out for the projects. So there's, we're looking, you know, again, always to have an open door for, to welcome more volunteer help. We, and then how do you get funded? Because you talked about, um, you know, some of these programs being available at no cost. How do you get the resources to be able to offer these services? Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization right here. And uh, our uh, revenue is a, a balance of some fees for programs, particularly when we're, we're going into a school. Uh, grants, certainly donations as well. And we have a and we're always looking for donors or sponsors of programming. Um, and uh, we've, in, as we're growing now, as more, as our, the word is getting out about All Hands Boatworks, we have a, you know, people are starting to kind of come to us a little in a ways that we've, Bill and I will have some visitors will come in and say, hey, come in in the boat shop. And they come in and go, wow, you know what? And it starts a conversation going up. Well, I can, I've got a way I can help, or I've built, I've restored old boats before, and maybe I can come in and maybe I can do this. And uh, we've, re- we've recruited a couple of cor- uh, corporate uh, corporations that have donated tools to us. And we have a really active board of directors that are really conscious and uh, of what, you know, how to find donors and, and help and volunteers. So uh, it's a really great board of directors that we have a nice diverse board of people. And uh, it's really helps in, in our fundraising. What about donations of boats? What if, uh, you know, I'm thinking we happen to have an old wooden rowboat up North that is just sitting there. I mean, if someone has a boat, uh, do you accept donations like that? Or are you strictly just building from st- <laughs> I'll, I'll let Bill answer that one. <laughs> when, when we started, I was advised by a couple of other dire- uh, directors in some other similar youth boat building programs. They said, be careful, Bill. You're going to get phone calls left and right, and people will suddenly have an old wooden boat that they they would like to find a new home for. Uh, as a rule, no, we don't, we don't just take in, take in boats unless we can match them with the right uh, youth group program, you know, unless we see a, a very good fit and uh, purpose in, in, in having that. So. Okay. Well, that's good to know, you know, just in case someone's thinking about it. They just, nope. I'm guilty of that. I, and I've I went out and just, you know, got so excited when somebody said, hey, an old boat, 
I said, bring it down. And they, you know, Bill's like, we got to, hey, Mark, we got to be careful here because we'll, 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 but you know what? Speaking of, if you said you have a boat, I'd be interested in taking a look at it. Uh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll have to talk <laughs> offline. We'll just keep it out of, you know, we'll, I'll just take care of it and not let Bill worry about it. But Okay. So uh, before we leave, we want to let our audience know uh, different ways that they can help. So we talked about being a volunteer. We talked about donations. Um, what would you say is your greatest need, though? You know, Jill, thank you for that question. Uh, you know, our, our greatest need is uh, help in connecting us with more young people across, around the city, whether it's uh, through a, a potentially a school program or just to individual, individual uh, you know, boys and girls who are out there who might stand to benefit from and, and, and be excited about participating in, in a project with us. So that is certainly something we'd love to be connected and introduced to you know, more young people. And groups. And so if you are an executive director of a, an organization out there, you know, we talk about nonprofits helping nonprofits. Um, you know, you, you, if you're a school, if you're a group like the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA or something like that, or just a family that wants to get involved, or maybe you're a, you provide a child care. Um, I think you said the youngest that you start out, Bill, is age seven, eight? What was the? Uh, no, fifth, fifth grade. Fifth grade, which is yeah, so. uh, 12, 11, 12? 12. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 10. Okay, okay. Um, well, let us know best way to contact you. If you have a Facebook page or a website or if it's uh, a phone number. Right. We, we are, uh, we do have, we are on Facebook. We have an Instagram uh, and Twitter account. Um, we do have a website, which is simply allhandsboatworks.org. And there you, you can learn about some of our programming and ways to contact us. A, a potential volunteer can fill out a form and submit that to us that we'll receive. And then, and then we get in touch with them. Um, our, our phone number, may I give that out? You sure can. Yeah. So 414 404 8213. Okay, 414-404-8213. So give them a call at All Hands Boatworks. I want to thank you guys, Bill Nimke, Executive Director and Founder of All Hands Boatworks, and Mark Keene, Board President. Thank you both for sharing your love of maritime history and how you make an impact in the community. Thank you. A lot of fun. You're thank welcome. You if you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 on News Talk 1130 WISN to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making an impact in our community. You can tune in on your radio or you can go to newstalk1130.com on your computer. You can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. You can visit our website at ellenbecker.com, listen to previously aired shows, and you can also now listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. 
Think about how you can be a blessing and give a blessing by sharing your time, your talent, and or your resources to make a difference for someone out in the world today. Have a great day.